welcome everybody. Today I've got a very special guest with us and we're going to be discussing our vision. Don't cast away that vision that you've had in your heart for such a long time. Many of us as Christians have had something that we really long to do, we really believe that we're meant to do it, but time just ticks on and we forget and we seem like, oh, have we missed it? Are we too old? Has the time gone? But you know what? I really believe that it's time for us to revisit those visions that we've had and not to cast them away. So with me today is my husband, Paul. Welcome, Paul. How are you going, Deborah? Very well, thank you. We're going to be discussing vision today, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. And you've just been having a few days because it's rain, rain, rain where we live. And so my husband, Paul, doesn't take much time to sit inside indoors very often. And he's had a chance to go through some of the stuff that he's written down in the past. He does a lot of writing, especially when he's at work, he gets inspiration he stops work, runs down and puts notes in his diary. And today in the last couple of days, because of the weather, he's been going through a lot of those diaries and revisiting a lot of the things he wrote. Mm, so I've just been virtually encouraging myself on the things that I've written over the years, even over the past 10 years or so. And uh, just reminding myself and being reacquainted with the visions and dreams and thoughts and images that I've had over that time. And Basically, this uh, wet weather has been a really good time to sit and reflect on those things and know in my heart that they're not finished, that they're for an appointed time and not to cast those visions away because they are for an appointed time. I think that's really important because you were um, talking to me earlier, Paul, about the fact that, you know, Joseph, he, he went to prison. He had a dream as a yeah, young man. He, he shared right. it with his brothers, which probably wasn't a grand idea. Yeah, I suppose with uh, Joseph it tells me that um, he had a dream and he told his brothers about it. But for the manifestation of that dream to have its end, I think it took something like 15 years. Now, you know, he was too IC to the, uh, in the king's palace, but it took him 15 years for that to happen. You know, he went to prison. Um, he had lots of hardship. But falsely it, accused of a well, crime he yes. didn't commit and so our road might be bumpy but god will make the vision um manifest in its time there is a timing in god i mean there's faith in god that we can act out but there is actually a timing in god sometimes god has us um in a place where he can refine our character sometimes he even takes us to desert places where we're alone and quiet enough to hear what he has to say and with this we start to reflect and you know, I often say that this way, God's not so much interested in our comfort, he's inter interested in our character building. He builds our character so then we're prepared for what the vision that he's given us over those years. So Joseph, for example, was too IC from the king's castle and he prepared for the famine for seven years, but there was things in his character that God needed to um, adjust. And let's just say we all need character adjustments at times, you know, he, he taught him patience for one, <laughs> we yeah. know that. Yeah, being in jail for that long, certainly. And, um, you know, meeting the right people at the right time. You know, there was the baker in there. Yeah, that's and, right, um, yeah. There was those two men in prison. One got out and forgot about Joseph. Yeah, that's completely. right. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one got out of prison and then the king was sharing with him a dream he'd had and he said, oh, I know. So we, we shouldn't... I think we forget that God's in control and that he has people working on our behalf all the time and he, he knows the big tapestry... And, you know, that's right. That's right, Deborah. I mean, to think about Joseph in prison, he could have easily thought, well, this dream ain't coming to pass. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a dungeon. And how can God bring to pass what he's given me? But, you know, 
10, 15 years might pass. And I'm also reminded of King David. He was anointed as king, but he had to wait roughly the same time, 15 years before he would initially be uh, in the king's uh, place or position in Israel. But so those 15 years um, are like our sometimes 15 years. God will give us a vision, but it might take 15, 20 years for the manifestation of that. And in that time, it's where character is formed. You know, there's a word that says, you know, we, we sometimes have passed through the furnace of affliction or let's just say God's the potter, we're the clay. He moulds us, he, he proves us. And when we're right, fit for the master's use, then he'll bring about that vision in its appointed time. So I would just encourage you to not to cast away your confidence, but whatever dreams and visions God placed in your heart, uh, he will bring it about. But it is in God's timing because it's like if he gives us the vision too early, we might fall apart or we might not have our character formed and we might do it in our own flesh well, i think that's, exactly that's right. i think that's a really important part because you know a lot of times our our gifts uh, make way for us but sometimes the gifts can also be a problem for us because if we start doing it in our own flesh like for me i know a long time ago i i was an accredited toastmaster and i could speak and for some years like some 10 years god took that ability I didn't speak for um, 10 years. I wasn't in the church speaking. I wasn't in the world speaking because it was something that I could do in my own strength. So God sort of had to take me and mould me so that I would just do it under his inspiration, not under my own flesh. So I guess if we take the vision on too quickly, we could make a mistake and do it in our own strength and yeah. not his strength. Well, that's right. I liken it to um, if you had an 18-year-old son and you gave him a V12 motor, uh, that wouldn't be wise. He can't handle the power because uh, at, at a young buck, he, he wouldn't sort of respect the power and he would do foolish things with it. And God's much the same. He doesn't give us a V8 or a V12. He gives us what we can handle. And it, there's a process. Like, we might like be on a, the posty bike. Well, we, might, we, we may be on a posty bike. But I just love the, if you could visualize this, God's the potter, we're the clay. He molds us because he loves us. He also says he chastens us because he loves us. And you know, you might find yourself on the backside of the desert and think, well, God's forgotten about me. I have no use anymore. I'm older, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If God's given you a vision, it is for an appointed time and it will come to pass. It's just a matter of allowing God to mold, to prove and to test you out. You know, you um, need to be ready. Uh, when, you, when you join the army, you don't go straight to the front line. You learn how to use a gun. You learn how to be disciplined. You learn how to make your bed. It all starts in very small increments, Deborah. That's a very interesting thing you just said, um, Paul, because when you join the army, and the Bible actually talks a man who is enlisted in God's army can't be um, worried about the things of this world. So uh, one part that we learn when we go into the army is um, to obey Absolutely. You know, you don't go into the army and the sergeant doesn't tell you to take up arms and run across this paddock and you say, oh, I don't feel like it today. No. Lots of times as Christians, we, we have to learn that obedience. Oh, absolutely. I always often say this, um, you know, the Christian walk is two parts obedience, one part faith. You know, if you're not obedient with the small things God gets you to do, he's not going to get you to save the world if you can't speak or minister to your own son or daughter. So God does deal with you at home there's another saying that says christianity burns bright brighter at home it, it starts small in, in judea then samaria then all the ends of the earth so god deals with you yourself and then he deals with your immediate family and then maybe your community and then he opens those 
those tent pegs, if you like, or he opens bigger doors, but he lets you deal with the what's in front of you before. Like, let's just say, God's not going to give you a platform with a million people if you can't minister to your neighbor. So it, yeah. it's, it's like God's preparing us for what the vision will be. You know? we, we have to make sure that we're doing it out of a right heart too, Absolutely. don't we? Because, you know, if we can overlook the bag lady in the main street of town... Um, and she's struggling with the wheelie bin or something, trying to get across the road, and we walk past her, and, and we can't actually stop and help her, then our motive's probably not right, and we need that training. I think what I learned from King David was the fact that he was a shepherd boy. He wasn't even noticed by his family. When, when Saul or Samuel came to anoint the new king, the father didn't even think of David out in the fields. No, well, David wasn't considered because he was a pimply head, red-headed kid, a skinny little dweeby sort too of person. Young. And too young. And and wasn't considered. And, and the amazing thing about that, Deborah, is God doesn't choose the externals. He chooses the heart of a person. I mean, look at young King David. He protected the sheep from a lion and a bear, which he slew. So God was preparing him because yeah. afterwards he would protect Israel. Now, if you would protect a sheep from a lion and a bear, you would protect people from invading exactly. armies and the rest of it. So there was a process. That's exactly, and that's what I was heading towards, that fact that the, um, the shepherd boy's experience of protecting those sheep, as you rightly said, Paul, from the lion and the bear, was part of his training. It seems so simple, but, you know, I, I often, and my husband often laughs, but um, sometimes I call myself the dish pig, you know. I just seem to be washing dishes and preparing meals. But if we don't learn to serve, Jesus says, let the whoever wants to be the greatest amongst you, let him learn to serve. And sometimes that's a really hard message for us, Paul. Well, well, it is. And and you often say, Deborah, too, it's about the ones and twos. Jesus left the 99 went after the one. Why? Because the one's important. Jesus puts a lot of emphasis on the one. We need to look at what's around us. Sometimes we want a ministry or a vision and we want to um, jump on the platform, but God's saying, hey, I've got to deal with you where you are. And, that, and that's a big, uh, it's a big lesson. It's a, it's a hard uh, curveball sometimes, and there's a, a process of learning and allowing God to mold you. There's a word that says, until Christ is formed in you. We need Christ formed in us. So we're led by the Spirit. And that we have a, a humble spirit and then we can do what God's called us to do without the any pride that might sort of, um, you know, I'll give you an example. If we're pushed into ministry early, pride could set in and we could fall. And God's protecting us from a fall, but might, making sure, like you said with the army um, scenario, making sure that we're ready. So, you know, an SAS soldier is, is one of those who's an elite soldier who's been very much primed to do anything. And I believe God loves us enough to train us enough to get us to that place so when we do go into battle and we do our outwork the vision he's given us, we're well prepared and we have the full armour of God, I could say it that way, and we don't lack anything. And now that's a father who loves us enough to protect us so we won't fall when we're out there. And, and I think it's a protective motive. And even, um, you know, Paul in the Bible, who wrote so much of the Bible, um, he even stated that he believed that, that he prayed for the Lord to take the thorn from his flesh. But God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. For when exactly you are right. weak, then I can be strong. So sometimes the, the little niggly things, the things that are in our life that really bug us, the things that we seem to be doing on a regular basis, 
as Paul said, we might be in the backside of the desert. It's all preparation. Jesus went through the desert, Paul. Absolutely. Jesus had to have a time in the desert. And, and, and then we came and tempted him in the desert. I mean, Jesus is our high priest. He's our forerunner. So if he had to be tested and tried, why do we think mm. that we don't have to be tested well, and tried? Well, that's a really good point. I, I believe God does separate us for a purpose. And there are desert times. There are peaks and troughs. I mean, it's a good analogy. Even Gethsemane, you know, Jesus... Even though his disciples were there, he was so alone. Because there's some things you do have to go through alone. And that's not a punishment. It's a necessity because God knows what you need better than you know what you need. A loving father will give you what you need, not what you want. If he gave you what you wanted, it could harm you. And so, you know, God's a loving father. I look at it that way, you know. Sometimes I even throw my hands up in the air and I say, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing with me right now. But you know what? I trust you with me because I know you're a loving God and your thoughts for me are for good and to give me a future and a hope. We need to remind ourselves who the author of life is. It's, it's, it's Christ. He's the author of life. His thoughts for us are for good. It's not to harm us, but to prepare us. If we could look at it through those eyes, we would have a lot more peace and resolve and knowing that, hey, God's got my best interest at heart and he's not going to throw me into something I'm not prepared for. Mm. So when I'm in it, I will have the strength to do what I need. I love what you just said, you know, that, that scripture, Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not Debbie in us or Paul in us. It's not our specialness, our uniqueness. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So the world today is crying out for answers. Absolutely. Like never before have we Absolutely. lived in a world where there is so much uncertainty, so much fear, so much anxiety. But, you know, we as, as believers... Whatever vision, whatever thing that God's got in your heart that just burns in you. And, and if you're someone that's sitting there today and we want to encourage you today, um, Paul and I both felt that it was really important that because we, we've actually experienced this. We've experienced times when the visions and the prophetic words that have come out over us and we think, wow, that's taking so long. We're sitting here. We're not doing anything. But it's because God's molding us and he's preparing us Absolutely. for that time. And so our encouragement yes. for you today is go back to the word and look at all those characters that you can find in the word of God that had a vision early in life like Joseph and David. They had to wait for the appointed time. They had to go through trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. Paul, as you said, Absolutely. to build the character, to build the patience. And uh, Yeah, and of course, Deborah, you know, it, it's it's... The big part of our peace that we receive from God is, is because we trust him. We don't understand everything, but we trust God's got our best interest at heart again, you know. And so we know that all things are working for a good cause. Even though we don't see the end, we know that they're working for a good cause. Uh, for example, I don't undermine that the pandemic has been a, a, an arduous journey for the last two years, but I've got to be honest, I have a resolve and a peace within me that I'm born for such a time as this. So it doesn't move me. I'm not stressed or anxious about it. I'm not worried about it. I have a resolve, not because I'm smart. I have a resolve because my trust is in the God, the creator of the universe. I know he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I trust in him. So I have that rest and I have that peace. And I know the world's yearning and looking for that peace and that joy. But it doesn't come in substances. It comes in God. The only thing that can feel the whole in your spiritual life is God because he is your spiritual father, he is your creator and his spirit is what fulfills you and that peace and joy no one can take from you and, and I can't say it any other way than that, Deborah. So the world's out there looking... 
for people who have that hope, aren't they? The hope they of Christ are. in us is the hope of glory. And that's the hope of the world. And, you know, we can look at this pandemic and we can see the negative or we can see the positive. And, you know, it's all about perception. It's how we see our world. And, you know, we have to look at our world as if we are, we are the answer. We have the answers to life. It doesn't matter whether we believe in um, the tribulation or the pre-tribulation or the post-tribulation or mid-tribulation. It doesn't matter what your doctrine is. The world is frightened and fearful. They don't have a hope, but we do. And they need us to be there giving us that hope. It may be your next-door neighbour. It may be your son or daughter or your brother or your sister. It could be someone over the seas that you've never met that you're just talking to on Facebook or there's so many wonderful ways of reaching the world right now, Paul. Oh, there, there is, there is. And, you know, look, oh, let me be, let me finish by saying this, you know, um, I can't help but say this, unless you're reconciled to God, life doesn't make sense, you know. Um, with A life without God means you're existing, but you're not actually living. You know, you, you're living when you've given your heart to Jesus and you know that God's within your heart. That's where you're living, Deborah. And I can't say it any other way, but, you know, the, the word yearns. God says, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. He's saying, come to me, just give me your heart and I will, I'll fix your life. And, you know, I can't not say that because that's where the answers are. That's the answer for me. I think that's the answer for the whole world. So we're talking about vision today. We're talking about revisiting our vision. What's one last message that you would give to somebody who's out there? They've, they may have had prophecies, they may have had a vision and they've just let it go because they've... Maybe times passed and things have got difficult. And what, what word well, would you I, give them today? Well, I would say use the time, um, whether it's shutdown uh, of the nations, use the time to um, talk to God and reacquaint yourself with your vision. And um, don't be discouraged because your vision is, as the word says, for an appointed time and it will not tarry. So it will come to pass. Just look at it as um, God's been using you as a building block to prepare you for what is to come. So be encouraged because it is for an appointed time and know that your highs and lows, your ups and downs is all to build that character for what God wants to do in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, there was a time in my life when I let go of a lot of vision and a pastor stood up and he preached a message on revisit that vision. If you haven't written it down, the Bible says it's really important to write the vision down. Write your vision down. Spend a bit of time in prayer, as Paul said, you know, seek the Lord. Go into an intimate place with him. He said, we are to bring heaven to earth as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. We need to go into the heavenly realm. Bring down heaven on earth. And we do that by spending time in his presence, being quiet and still. And I love what you said, Paul. Take this time. You know, you might be in time of lockdown. You may be time between jobs. You, you may be in a terrible time at the moment in your physical state. But, you know, you can be in a wonderful time in your spiritual state. And this is a time when we can really reach out and touch the Lord, revisit our vision, be reunited with him and get excited about this time. Get excited about what God's placed in you. Yeah, and so, Father, I just want to ask that you would uh, reignite the vision in the people that are listening, reinvite the, reignite the vision that you've put in their hearts and give them a hope that, Lord, you haven't forsaken them or forgot them because your word says you'll never forsake them or leave them. And, Lord, encourage them and strengthen them in their day forward. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Yeah, hallelujah, amen. Well, we hope you've been encouraged today. We're going to be trying to do one of these podcasts every week. We're going to be doing different um, 
messages. We're going to ask what the Lord has for us and fresh manner for every day. That's Paul's message. He loves that. We, every day we get fresh manner. So be encouraged. Revisit that vision. Get before the Lord. Write it down. And we look forward to seeing you again in a couple of days. Bye for now. Bye. Yay!